0: Good morning, folks. We got some more folks already coming in. Thank you for joining us uh, for worship this morning. Um, on your chairs, if you haven't been with us yet, on your chairs is a, a communion cup that has both the bread and the juice in it. And when the time comes for us to take communion, you'll have both of them available to you at that time. So, one you to be aware of that. Today is Father's Day, so uh, in case you didn't know that. Um, you might, I guess, on your way home, uh, swing by Walmart, go by a neighborhood market, Walgreens, whatever your card buying place of choice is. They have 49 cent um, Father's Day cards. Pick one up, take it with you. We'll be fine. Um, but we want to make sure that you know that it's Father's Day. We want you to know that we know that it's Father's Day. And we want to celebrate our dads uh, together this morning. And, and I hope that you've been able to do that uh, in some way, in some form or fashion with your family. Uh, and if you haven't had that opportunity, please do that today. Make sure that your dads know how much you appreciate them, how thankful you are for them. And I recognize, uh, and we talk about this a lot of times with our flagstone family, that Father's Day, for some of us, that can be kind of difficult. For some of us, we have the kind of dad that we, we love celebrating him because he did so many good things in our lives, continues to do so many good things in our lives, and we're just so thankful for that presence that it's not a problem to celebrate Father's Day. It's not a problem to tell our dads, thank you for being a part of our lives. Thank you for connecting with us in the way that you have. Some of us didn't have that kind of experience for whatever reason. Maybe it was a, maybe our dad was distant. Maybe he was abusive. Maybe it was a stepdad that we never really totally connected with. And so Father's Day is kind of one of those more... In kind of difficult days, we're not for sure exactly how to celebrate because we don't have that close of a of of a connection with with that particular person. But for you know for whatever whatever your experience was, we got different ways that we celebrate Father's Day, and we got um, uh, different reasons to be thankful for the fathers that we have uh, in our lives. And so I wanted I want to encourage you this morning uh, if you had a dad or can still have a dad uh, who is, who is um, loving, who is a good provider, who stays connected with you, who may have some flaws, uh, but still does the best job that he can, thank him today and thank God for him today. And if you had one of those fathers, you know, maybe you didn't even have a father figure in your life or, or you just had a, a difficult connection and difficult relationship uh, with your father, you can still honor him today. You can still give special treatment. That doesn't excuse behavior. That doesn't excuse choices. But it's it's an opportunity to say, I recognize that God put you in my life. I want to honor you and give you, uh, you know, special treatment um, today on Father's Day this morning. I hope that all of our dads, wherever you are, if you're here, you know, in this room, if you're watching online, if you watch this later on uh, during the week, that you that all of our dads feel honored today by their families, that they, that they feel thanked for by their families, that they feel blessed by God uh, in some way today. We're honoring our dads. We're honoring our stepdads and, and, and foster dads. We're honoring, I would say, we, we want to honor the, the men in this church family, the men in our community who pour themselves into the lives of kids that may not even be their own. They may not even have their own kids, but they they continue to be that, that person, that support uh, for some kids, um, even us adult kids in their lives. We're thankful for them as well. So what we're going to do for just a minute just to honor our dads, to encourage them, to challenge them. We're going to watch a quick video and I'm going to say a prayer and ask God to bless our dads today and then we'll continue uh, with the rest of our worship time.
1: Being a dad is hard work. We know it can get tough. So here's to you, fathers. For all the creases ironed and the villains defeated. For all the lessons taught and the projects tackled for all the games lost on purpose and all the games you showed no mercy here's to you the buck and broncos the face makers and the multitaskers here's to you the pillow ninjas the makeup models and the dance partners don't give up they're counting on you to make a difference they need you to make them laugh and to hold them when they cry. To be there through thick and thin, through every good day and bad day. They need you, the world needs you, now more than ever. Today we salute you, whether you go by Dad, Daddy, Father, or Poppy. Thank you for all you do.
0: To all the dads in our lives, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you may never know how big of a blessing you are to your families, but God will, and we recognize it. Even if sometimes we have a hard time, hard time saying it or showing it. Let's let's talk to God this morning. Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you, thank you for a day like today, where we do take at least a few minutes to be thankful for our fathers and and. God, I recognize that, that um, we have all sorts of different um, experiences with the dads in our lives, with the grandpa, with the guys that you put in our lives, the men that you put in our lives to function uh, in, a, in a fatherly way. And Lord, for the, for the good stuff, for the ways that they taught us, encouraged us, loved us, forgiven us, uh, lifted us up, supported us all the different ways that dads have done that. We, we thank you and we ask you help us to find ways to thank them. For those uh, who may have had um, no father or just a difficult relationship with their father, we pray for peace, maybe even reconciliation today, God, and at least an, an ability uh, to, to see how, um, how you continue to be our father, um, even when we struggle maybe with, with a father here in, in this world. God, we lift our dads up to you. We ask for strength for them, for encouragement, for for the ability and the wisdom uh, to keep doing what they're doing and to keep pouring, to keep pouring their lives into uh, their families so that their families can be blessed and help all of our dads uh, to be ultimately imitated. Of you, our heavenly Father, we lift them up to you. We we pray that we can be thankful uh, to you for them, and that we will find ways to honor them today. I'm going to pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Happy Father's Day, Flagstone family. Let's start praising God together. Hey. So us all stand up and worship together this morning. Let us worship, worship the, the Father, Father, worship, the Father worship the
2: Father, worship the Father of glory. Let us worship the Father, worship the Father, worship the Father of love. And we will glorify, we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. Sing your praise, praise to the, the Father, Father. Praise, praise to the Father, praise to the Father of glory. Sing your praise, Sing your praise to the, Father. Father. Praise to the Father. Father, praise to the Father, praise to the Father of love. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. And we will glorify, we will glorify. Lift your hands to the Father, hands to the Father, hands to the Father of glory. Lift your hands to the Father, hands to the Father, hands to the Father of love. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. The Lord, O oh, my soul, O oh, my soul, worship His holy name. Sing my like never before, O oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. The sun comes up. It's a new day me It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Lord oh my soul Oh my soul Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. You're rich in love, and you're slow to anger. Your name is great, and your heart. For all your goodness I will keep on singing 10,000 reasons for my heart to find Bless, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul O oh, my soul Worship his holy name Sing my name I'll worship your holy name. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise on 10,000 years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul. I'll worship Your holy name. I'll worship your holy name, Lord. I'll worship your holy name. Please be seated. I have a My My life life was was in his hands.
3: is on. Perfect. Best part about this, I just got to take my mask off. Oh. I don't know what someone was thinking about giving me the mic on Father's Day, so uh, Marshall was a little crazy, I guess, in that sense. Father's Day, interesting, interesting day. You know when you you bring home a child, there's no instruction manual. They give you some diapers and make sure you have a car seat and you're off and running. And You know, everything else, there's rules and rewards, there's do's and don'ts, uh, trial and error. That's kind of how you figure out how to be a father. You know, uh, again, most of those are all trial and error. As, you, as I think about it, like, hey, no one ever told me don't fall asleep on the couch with your three-day-old. Three you might drop them. But uh, she turned out all right, didn't you, Brianna? Um, the other thing, don't feed them honey. Sorry, Jeff Beatty, but no one told us that. Like, we all survived, I'm pretty sure, Marshall, and the rest of us all grew up eating honey. Mike and Chris, uh, as babies, feeding us that. Um, don't play in the street, that was a rule. When we were kids, that was the only place that had asphalt. The rest of it was gravel, the driveway was gravel, so you, you played in the street so you could ride uh, you, your scooters and uh, other wheeled vehicles. Uh, the other thing just recently came up was uh, uh, one of Nathan's friends was going on a mission trip and put $500 in the mail cash that they had raised from uh, other things. Well, needless to say, $500 cash got stolen in the mail, so they lost all their money. Like, like why did they not know? Do we have to teach our kids not to put money in the mail? And I started thinking back, me and Kelly started talking, it's like, well, what they've been taught their whole life is it's okay because grandma sends, you know, $30 in the mail for birthdays, and so do friends. They send cash in the mail, but it's small dollars, not not big dollars. So, you know, the things you don't know that you're supposed to teach, you know, when I, you'll when start looking things up on the do's and don'ts. Popular Mechanics you know, has a list of 25 things you should teach all your kids. I have to apologize to Nathan. I think he's only I only got through number 10 on him. Uh, for the things you should every kid should know you know as we went along Kelly and I was like again it's a it's trial and error rules and rewards you know we made up rules one of the rules was how hey, you can't have gum till you're five and our first three kids you could ask you could offer them gum when they were four and a half and they would say, no I can't tell have it till I'm five Natalie would sneak behind the couch chewing gum so jury's still out on how she turns out, so. Uh, the other thing, you know, we would do is, like, you need your kids to eat vegetables. They eat vegetables great out of a jar when it was all mushed up when they were young. Uh, how do you get them to eat vegetables? So we had a rule at our house is, hey, you had to eat your age. You had to have a, a bite or a spoonful. If you were five, you ate five bites of green peas or corn or whatever. And uh, I'll say... That probably didn't work as well as we wanted it to, but uh, it was a rule. And again, it's a rule to get the kids to like vegetables or some other thing, or that they could tolerate food they didn't like when they went to a friend's house, so they weren't rude and turned down the food. There was a lot of reasons that we make up rules. Uh, the other thing is how do you discipline your kids? You know, sometimes you just, you get creative. So a couple of our kids were not nice to each other and weren't showing kindness, and so... We thought, well, the whole world needs to know that they love each other. So uh, two of them had to stand at the street for 45 minutes holding hands as all the cars drove by, and that was our, our punishment. Needless to say, they were much nicer to each other from there on out, and that, you know, without me reminding them, they still clearly remember that today. Uh, fighting in the car, that was another rule Kelly and I made up. You know, what do you do? The kid's fight in the car, and then somebody cries, and then it's always somebody else's fault, and so... I finally got tired of it and said, hey, anybody cries, both of you get spankings. I don't want to have to figure it out. And it, it took one time that both of them got a spanking, and the next you know, next car trip, you could hear them negotiate in the back. Someone would start whimpering, start crying like, I'll give you my iPad. I'll let you, uh, <laughs> you can have my dessert tonight. I mean, whatever it took to get them to stop, you could hear them. And we, we were just laughing because we heard them, but like, hey, I didn't have to solve the problem. They solved their own problems. Um, So you know, as you go through, go through life and go through parenting, you're always trying to figure out what's going to work in that process. And again, there's no script. There's no right and wrong. Well, there's probably a wrong, but uh, you you don't know it till you get there. And and everything's different for every kid. As a father, our father taught us one thing, and if uh, there's really just one play, one manual, and that's the Bible. But if I, if I simplify it a little further, um, Matthew chapter 22, that's what he's asked us to do. So if you look at Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39, uh, it's really the greatest commandment. And Jesus and Jesus said to, to them, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second uh, of is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, and that's what the Lord showed us on the cross. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the blessings you give us. Uh, We thank you for your example of what it is to be a father, to unconditionally give up your son on the cross, and that as we take this bread and cup this morning, that you, that You continue to bless us and remind us that uh, that's, that's the one thing we need to learn in this life, is to love you and love others like you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Okay, well, let's all stand up for the psalm before Marshall's lesson this morning.
2: I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never It's who you are and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's It's who I am, it's am. It's it's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide. But I know we're all searching for answers. There's only you provide Cause you know just What we need before we Say a word You're a good, good father It's who you are It's who you are It's who you are And I'm loved by you It's who I am It's who I am, it's who I am. call me, deeper still Still as as you call call me, deeper still as you call me, deeper still into into love, 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 love. you're a good, good good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who who you you are. Am. it's who I am, it's who I am,
0: please be seated. Once again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to everybody that's watching online. Thank you for, uh, for those of you who uh, chose to be here to worship with us this morning. Thank you. For those of you joining us online, thank you. I want you to think about, uh, since it is Father's Day... I want to give you a second. I'm actually, I'm actually going to challenge those of you in this room, and maybe if you're watching online, maybe do this with the people next to you, uh, if, or I don't know, random strangers at a, well, we can't even go to coffee houses. I don't know. Anyway, I want you to share with each other what you consider to be the character traits of a, of a normal, of a typical dad. Okay? I don't want to tell you when to go, but just think about like, if somebody said, okay, describe a, a typical dad, describe a normal dad and go, what are you, just the adjectives that come to your mind? Okay. Share that with each other. You might have to speak a little loudly through your mask, but share that with each other. There's no wrong answers. This is what you think a typical dad looks like. Share it with people around you. On your mark, set, Go. I'll say this, you're all a lot quieter than the group that did this earlier this morning. <laughs> okay, how many of you have a dad sitting there and it's kind of awkward telling him what you think is, is, okay, a couple of you, thank you, all right. That's kind of weird, right? But typical, uh, normal, uh, acceptable I don't know, um, maybe just what I've experienced as as a normal, what I I think is a normal dad. Maybe you thought of hardworking. Maybe you thought of uh, great sense of humor. Maybe you thought thinks he has a great sense of humor. Uh, Maybe you thought, um, I don't know, financially responsible, um, stern, uh, disciplinarian, uh, loving, fun loving, uh, prankster. Uh, maybe you thought, I don't know, harsh? Abusive? Maybe you thought strong faith. Maybe you thought no faith whatsoever. Maybe instead of financially responsible, you thought financially irresponsible. <laughs> Make some dumb choices. Maybe uh, can fix anything. Maybe a normal dad in your life can fix nothing. Whatever, the, whatever it is, if you think about it, your picture of what a normal dad looks like is based on your own experience. Um, what you experienced in your life, you may just sit there and, and, and look at your dad, look at the father figure that you had and say, well, that's what's normal. That's what I grew up with. That's what I've experienced. So that's normal, Right. Or you may have conjured up in your mind kind of this standard, maybe even looked at some of your friends' dads and thought, that's normal, I wish mine was. Maybe there's something that you think is, I don't know, maybe a little bit abnormal about your dad compared to um, all the other dads. But whatever character traits that you have that you think of, you, may, you, you have kind of in your mind. What you picture as a normal dad. And I want you to be thinking about that. I want you to be thinking about those character traits as we are reminded this morning of the of the series that we're going through right now, this not normal um, series. And and looking at looking at our culture, looking at our world and, and how what, what our world considers and our community considers to be normal. This is the way you're supposed to act. These are the actions you're supposed to take. This is the, these are the words that are supposed to come out of your mouth. This is how you're supposed to treat other people. Uh, and how God consistently calls us as his children uh, to move away from that, to live not normal lives. And, and again, uh, not to completely remove ourselves from our communities, remove ourselves from this world, but just to look different to be different than maybe some of the other people around us. And I want us to be reminded that, that one of the main reasons that God calls us as his children, that God calls us as his followers to live a not normal life is because he is a not normal God that there's something different about him that, that he doesn't look like and doesn't act like all the different, um, I don't know, gods and deities and, and other religious experiences that you can find in our, in our world nowadays. That God doesn't look like those, at least not totally. And I wanna take it even a step further this morning because it is Father's Day and, and we have a lot of different you know, ways that we celebrate our own fathers, but I want us to be ra- reminded today of God as our Father. And if you look throughout scripture, if you start from the very beginning, the first book of the Bible and work your way through, you will find lots and lots and lots of times that God's people consistently either either uh, viewed him or he, he uh, described himself to them as a father. Not just some not just some powerful deity in some off outer space kind of place that that we needed to pay homage to and, and offer sacrifices to, not just that, but but as an actual father, someone who is, who is intimately connected with his children and that 's how God described himself and that's that 's how he wanted his people to see him and how He wanted them uh, to connect with him now. If we understand that we have God as a father there to guide us and to protect us and to uh, connect with us, then I want us to recognize, especially this morning, that God as our father is not a normal father. We have a, we have a God that is not a normal father. And if we've given our lives to God and we, uh, we are children of God, then we need to see him As our father, but understand that he's not a typical father. He's not someone that the rest of our world away from God might look at and go, okay, well, that's normal. Not our God. He is not a normal father. And what I want to do this morning is to remind us of that and to, and to kind of look through some of the reasons, some of the character traits that God has, some of the reasons why we can look at him and say, he is not um, a normal father. And I, I even recognize as, as we we're going to talk about this this morning, that some of us maybe in this room, maybe watching online are going, you know, thinking to ourselves, I already know this. I may not be saying anything this morning, sharing anything with you that is altogether earth shattering or something that you never knew before. But there's some people in this room that this may be brand new. Depending on what your concept of God is and what your concept of him as our father is, this may be new information for you. I guarantee you there's somebody in your life that you know that doesn't know what an amazing, not normal father we have. You've got coworkers, you've got neighbors, you may have even family members that don't know God as this amazing father. And so, so even if some of the things that we share together this morning aren't brand new to you, they might be to somebody else. And I invite you to share those things with them in the coming week. But let's talk about it for a minute. Let's look at, let's look at this not normal father that we have. We have a father who defines, first of all, defines boundaries. He defines boundaries. Now, Devin was up here a minute ago sharing some, and uh, sharing his communion thoughts and talking about fathers. We, we have rules. Fathers set rules for their families, and some of those are, are, might even be typical for almost all fathers, and some of those are unique depending on the father himself or depending on a particular family situation, but there's, there's boundaries, there's rules, and yet at the same time, we live in a culture nowadays, especially our American culture, we don't like boundaries. We don't like lots of rules. We don't like people telling us what to do. We don't like people telling us how we should think or how we should treat other people or how we should act. I've got my rights. And don't you tell me what I'm supposed to do. You can go do your thing and I'll do my thing and we'll be fine. But I I know there's laws that kind of govern our society. But I've also got my morals and my values and I'm going to stick with those. and, And I don't need somebody telling me what to do. That causes a lot of problems. A lot of problems in our culture nowadays are because we're ignoring clearly defined boundaries that God gives us. And the thing about these boundaries that, that God gives his children, that God gives us, they, they are clearly defined. It's not complicated. They're clear for us, and they're also boundaries meant to protect us. There's never a time that God says, I want to give you these rules, and I want to give you these laws, and you're going bye-bye because, well, I'm just God, and I'm awesome, and you're just going to have to do what I say. You're going to have to just suck it up and have a miserable life, and I don't care because I am God. That's never how God acts. That's never how he talks with his people, with his children. God gives us boundaries. God gives us, I guess, rules. God gives us boundaries to stay within for our benefit. God recognizes, here's the life that I want for my children, and it's a blessed life. It's an amazing life. And if you will stay in these boundaries, you will have an amazing life. And you will not only be blessed, but you will be enabled to bless other people. I want this for you. I love you that much. The fact that, that we have a God who does define boundaries for us demonstrates his love and his grace and his compassion for us. You wanna know a father who doesn't care about his kids, who doesn't love his kids? Look for the father that has no boundaries, who communicates to his kids, I don't care. Do whatever you want because you're a nuisance in my life anyway. And even if he doesn't articulate it that way, that's what his kids pick up. That's not the kind of father that we have in our God. Our God says, I love you so much. You mean so much to me that I want you to have the the most blessed life that you possibly can. Here's what that looks like. And that's why John describes in 1 John chapter 5, I encourage you to look in your Bibles or on your Bible apps. That's almost all the way at the end of the Bible, not quite. But in 1 John chapter 5, John says, God loves us. He's talking about the love of God and how much God loves us as his children. He says, this is how we love God back. This is our love for God. To keep his commands. To live in the boundaries. To be the people that he's calling us to be. And then he goes on to say his commands are not burdensome. Now, that's not to say, that's, that's not John going, you know, God's got these boundaries and man, it's a piece of cake. It ain't hard at all. Just go do what God calls you to do. That's not what he's saying. And I think any of us that have tried to live the kind of life that God calls us to live recognize sometimes that's challenging. It's hard. It's not always the easiest thing in the world to be different than the rest of the world, to be not normal compared to the rest of the world. And yet at the same time, John says, but they're not burdensome. They don't weigh us down. They don't make our life miserable. They make our life better. They don't burden us. They're not a problem for us. They're blessings to us. Your God loves you that much. Our God cares so passionately about us and about the kind of life that he wants us to have. He says, look, here's here's the most, here's the best life possible. Live in this because I love you that much. He defines boundaries for us. We have a God, we have a father who cheers for us. We have a father who cheers for us. Now, some fathers do an amazing job of, of cheering for their kids. Whether it's a whether it's a ball game they're playing in, whether it's you know some kind of concert that they're, I don't know how much cheering goes on at a seventh grade band concert, but there probably is. There's some dads that do a good job, you know, cheering at those things. Some some kind of academic, uh, you know, best speller in first grade, and you got your certificate, and dad's like, "Woohoo! That's my boy." Some dads are really good at that. Some dads struggle with that, or at least struggle with being consistent with (laughs) with their cheering. Um, Maybe they're all about it. Maybe they're cheering when things are going great, but if they see their kid make a mistake, if there's a flaw, if there's some way that they mess up, they don't cheer. They target those things. They shine the spotlight on them. They make their kids feel like that was the most colossal mistake they could ever make. That's not the kind of father that we have. Our Heavenly Father cheers for us no matter what. No matter the flaws, no matter the mistakes, no matter the the things that we wish we uh, hadn't done, no matter the things we even try to hide and pretend we didn't really do. uh, No matter what, our God cheers us on. When we have amazing victories, our God says, that's my child, that's awesome. When When we have colossal failures, our God says, that's my child and I love him anyway. I love her with a passion, that's my child. Now, that doesn't excuse us. That doesn't mean there's consequences to some of our choices. If we have flaws, if we make mistakes, there's going to be things we have to deal with. But there's never a time that our Heavenly Father looks at us and goes, "Mm -mm, no, no, not my kid. I mean, look again, you were in 1 John chapter 5, go back uh, to 1 John chapter 3, and look how John describes this father that we have. He says, how great is the love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. He says, this, this love that God has for us, I mean, he, the word lavishes, he pours it out over us, he dumps just the, the, all the emotion that he can all over us as his children, that we are we're called this children the, the children of God, and John goes on to emphasize says that's what we are. That's not just something that we say. That's real. You are a child of God, and there may be those moments where us as dad, I won't even I won't even um, I won't even pick on my own kids. I recognize there are times in my life growing up when somebody probably looked at me, pointed at me, and looked at my dad, and said, "Is that your kid?" where my dad was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Uh, it might have even been one of those times where my dad might have even said, I don't know whose kid that is. Who, what kind of father would let their child act this way? I don't know. You know, that, that, that might have happened maybe more than once in my lifetime. At least I gave him good reason to, I'll put it that way. There's never a time that my father, my heavenly father looks at me that way, looks at you that way. Anytime we make mistakes, anytime things could be better than what they are, anytime that we, that we sin and we say, Father, I'm sorry, anytime that he looks at us with the flaws that, of choices that we've made or maybe even things that were beyond our control, our God looks at us and says, that's my child and I'm so proud. That's my child and I love him so much. I love her so much. Our God consistently, constantly cheers for us. We have a father who who fixes things. Some dads can fix anything. They have all the tools that they're supposed to have. They have all the the knowledge that they're supposed to have. They don't even need the YouTube videos to show them how to do stuff. They know how to do it. They can fix anything. Some dads can duct tape anything and make it look fixed. And it may not actually be fixed, but we'll pretend that it is because it looks like it is. Some dads can't fix anything. There's some dads who will look at something that needs to be fixed and go, mm, nope, it's broke, and just throw it away. And I would venture to guess that all those dads are represented in this room right now. I tend to lean towards the last one a little bit. I'll watch the YouTube videos, but if it's beyond my expertise of that four-minute video, it's gone. <laughs> or I'm going to call somebody else who knows how to fix it. We have a God who knows, who, who knows how to fix things, who is able to fix things. And not only is he able to fix things in our lives, he wants to. It's not a nuisance for him. He desperately wants to make things better. There's a time when Jesus was talking in the book of Matthew, and he actually quotes a scripture from Isaiah. And Isaiah was a prophet that lived hundreds of years before Jesus. But Jesus is is referring to this scripture from Isaiah that I want to show you in Isaiah uh, chapter 42, where Isaiah is describing God. God. And describing how God feels about us as his children. He says, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And the visual picture there is, is, I mean, picture yourself walking through, uh, I guess, a field of high grass. And there's this one stalk of grass that has been knocked over in some form or fashion. Somebody kicked it. An animal ran over it. The wind blew really hard. And it's kind of snapped in half. And it's just kind of dangling in the wind. It's just ready to, to blow away. And most of us would see that piece of grass sitting there in the middle of the field, and we would walk out and go, uh, done, and, or stomp on it, or pick it up, and throw, I don't know what we would do, It set fire to it, I don't know, but we, we, we're done with that piece of grass. Our God looks at this insignificant piece of grass and says, I can fix that. I can make it stronger. I can mend it. I can make it grow into something. You picture a candle where the where the the wick is going now, where it's just barely glowing, where there's more smoke coming out of it than there is flame. We have a father who doesn't walk up to us when we feel like that, and 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 walks up to that candle and says, "It's done." We have a father that says, "Let me let me let me stoke this. Let me build this back up into a flame again." You understand the point? Isaiah looks at. God our Father. It says in those moments in our lives when we feel completely defeated, when we're exhausted spiritually, when we're exhausted physically, when we don't have the answers, when we've been beaten down by life or by, by somebody in our lives, it's just exhausting and, and we don't know what to do next and we're falling apart, we're barely hanging on. In those moments, we have a Father that says, I can fix that. I can make that better. I can make that stronger. Give me the chance, I'll mend that. I'll make that marriage better. I'll, I'll heal that friendship. I'll fix that connection between that parent and that child. I'll, I'll make it better, let me fix it. I know how to, and I want to, let me do it. We have a father who fixes things. We also have a father who runs. Not long distance running, not exercise, not running from something in fear. We have a father that runs to us. A familiar story to many of us that Jesus told is found in Luke chapter 15. We've talked before about in, the, in your New Testament, the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, talk about the life of Jesus, his teachings, his miracles, the things he experienced. And In, Luke, in the book of Luke in chapter 15, he's telling a story about a young man who uh, had everything. His, his father provided everything for him and he just decided he didn't want to live by his father's boundaries anymore. He didn't want to live that life anymore. And so he took all the money that he could and he left. He just took off. He said, I'm done with you. I'm done with this family. I'm done with your rules. I'm out. I'm going to do my own thing. And, and Jesus describes in the story as going off a long distance. We don't even know how many miles away to a completely different, to a completely different part of the world. And while he's living there, he squanders all this money that he has. He has no money left. All his friends that he had, they all leave him. He's all by himself and he's destitute. And he finds himself, he looks around, he finds himself sitting in the slop and the filth of a pig pen saying to himself, these pigs have a whole lot better life than I do. Maybe I should go home but he thinks to himself, there's no way the way that I left, the attitude that I had the things that I said, there's no way that my dad would have me back, there's no way that I could go back and things could be what they once were and so as he's walking down the road as he's going all these miles back down the road to get back home again, he's rehearsing the speech and he's going over it, I'm sure in his mind and he's saying, okay um, man, dad, I really messed up I shouldn't have left, I shouldn't have treated you the way I did, I understand you're mad you have every right to be, I don't deserve uh, to, to have you forgive me I just need a place to stay I need a roof over my head I need some food just make me one of your hired workers make me a servant in your house make me a slave whatever it is I just there's there's a better life as your slave and I know I can't be your son and as he's as he's going over it I'm sure he's kind of changing the words and he's kind of thinking about how his dad's gonna react and he, and he may be tweaking things as he's walking down the road and he's rehearsing the speech as he's getting closer and closer to the house Jesus says his father sees him. He looks down the road and, and, and he sees him. And that's one of the amazing things that we kind of gloss over in this story. If you want to look in Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, it says he got up and he went to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he did what? Say it out loud. He did what? He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Two things about this. First off, what was the father doing every single day? He was watching. He's looking for his son. That's right. Every single day he's walking out, maybe standing on the front porch, looking down the road, just watching for, for that silhouette, for some glimmer of hope that his son is going to come home. Day after day after day. Is he, is he coming today? No, not today. Comes out the next day. Maybe standing in the rain, just hoping that he'll come home. One day, he sees this figure far off in the distance. And as that person gets closer and closer, he recognizes, that's my boy. And notice, he didn't stand on the porch and wait for the sun to get all the way there. He didn't wait for him to come all the way to the house and then stand there and go, well, well. Look who came back. He didn't gloat over and say, boy, you had all the answers, didn't you? Guess you didn't. He didn't tell him you're gonna have to go through a whole bunch of actions and jump through a whole bunch of hoops before I let you back on this property again. What does it say he did? He ran. He went to meet him where he was. Tackled him with hugs and kisses. My boy. My boy is back home. If you never realized it before, if you've forgotten it, please hear. You have a father who runs. No matter how far away you get, no matter what mistakes you have made, no matter what actions you have taken or who you've taken those actions with, you have a father that runs to meet you where you are as soon as you're ready to come home. That's not normal. but That's the kind of father that we have. We have a father who runs to welcome us home. And the last thing I want to remind you of or maybe tell you for the first time is we have a father who sings. Maybe when you were thinking of of character traits of a a typical dad, of a normal dad earlier, uh, singing might not have been one of your character traits. I don't know. I don't know if your dad's a singer or not. I don't know if he likes to sing or not. We have a father who sings. And, and that might even seem like an odd attribute to focus on. We're talking about a not normal father. But if, if normal fathers typically don't sing, we've got a not normal father who does. And it's not just the fact that he sings. I want you to see when it is specifically that he sings. I want to make sure that we're all reminded of or maybe even discovered for the first time this God who sings with us and who sings over us. And there's a prophet uh, that we read about in, in your Bibles called Zephaniah. And you might have to even look in your table of contents to find where Zephaniah is in the Bible. And he's a prophet that lived hundreds of years ago at a time when, when God's people were making just awful, ungodly choices. We're being the kind of people that God specifically didn't want them to be. We're seeing the boundaries that God has set for them. It was like, nah, I'd rather do something else. And Zephaniah is talking to these people and he's saying, things are going to get bad. You're going to have to suffer consequences for the choices you've been making. There's things that are going to happen to you, not because God doesn't love you anymore, but because you've made some bad choices and there's consequences that come with those things. And as he's describing some of those things and and recognizing there's destruction, there's hurt, there's suffering that's going to take place. As he's describing those things, he switches gears a little bit in Zephaniah chapter 3. He says, things are bad. Things are gonna be bad, but there's hope. He says this in verse 17, the Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. Remember we talked about we have a father who cheers. Zephaniah tells these people, you have a father who is going to be so proud of you once again. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. The picture is of this father who scoops up his his crying child, who is hurting, who is scared for some reason, who is feeling disconnected, and he wraps his child in his arms and he rocks and he sings. You know what, when dads do this with their kids, you know what kids don't care about? Whether it's on key or not. Whether the lyrics are correct or not. They're in the arms of their dad. Who wants nothing more than to protect them and tell them everything's going to be fine. That's what Zephaniah says we have in our father. That, that when we make mistakes, when we have flaws, when, when, when things don't go right, when things happen to us that are beyond our control that we didn't even plan on, when we're hurting, when we're scared, when, when we're just empty and destitute, we have a God who wants to wrap us up and hold us and protect us and say, it's okay, I got you, and just sing over us and bring peace into our lives. That's the kind of God that we have. That's the kind of father that we have. That no matter what, he loves us no matter what, is going to do everything he can to protect us. That may not be a normal father in your life, but that's the that's the kind of God that we have. And I wanted to remind you of these things today. That we have a God who, who is not normal. And I hope that you have a connection with him. I hope that you have a relationship with him. I hope that you're his child. And and as we wrap up this morning, you know, it's it's difficult, I'll be I'll confess to you, it's difficult for me with the with all the boundaries and, and the parameters that we have in place to try to protect people's health and safety. Because one of the things I love about this church family is when we, when, when anybody, whether it's part of our family or even a total stranger that comes and spends time with our church family, has some issues in their lives and say, I want this to be better. I want to be healed of this. I, I want this thing to be different in my life. I want to become a child of God. I want to even know what that's like, that we invite them to come forward and, we, and, and share that with us, share their hearts with us. And we surround them with, with love and with hope and with healing. And I hate that we can't do that physically. But I wanna challenge you this morning, if you're sitting in this room or if you're watching online, if you don't know God as the kind of father that I've just described this morning, you desperately need to. And if you want to reach out to me, reach out to one of our shepherds, reach out to us in some way, find us and worship over with, get a hold of us somehow this week. We want to talk to you and share with you how you can experience what it's like to be this child that is passionately loved by this completely not normal father. We want that for you. He wants that for you. Whatever we can do to make that happen, we want to do that. But the one thing that I want you to, if nothing else, leave here with today is how much my God loves you. How much my God loves you. You, specifically. How he will fix anything, how he cheers for you and is so proud of you how he's ready to run to you and wrap you up in his arms and sing over you when you're ready for him to. Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for being our father. Thank you, God, for loving us no matter what. Lord, even when we're, even when we're dealing with consequences to our own choices, even when we're dealing with consequences to other people's choices, that never changes your love for us. Thank you for that. God, forgive us of the times when we walk away from you and we get outside your boundaries and we think that we know more than you. Help us to to start walking back. Help us to come back home. and, And God, when we do, run to meet us. And if there are people in this room, if there are people who are watching online right now, God, that need to experience what it feels like to have you run to them, I pray that you do that with power today. That they feel your presence running to them, wrapping them up, and singing over them, and forgiving them, giving them your compassion, your grace, and your mercy. God, help us to recognize you as our amazing Father today. We thank you for loving us as your children. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
2: The Lord our God. He is with you, He is mighty to save. The Lord will take great delight. No! Oh.
4: guys know it's Father's Day? Thanks for being here this morning. We had about 50 in our first service. I didn't count today on this second one. Did you by chance, Mike? Uh, I would guess somewhere around 30 or 35. Next Sunday, we're going to go to a single service. We've got, man, that's, how do you get used to that, Marshall? (laughs) I stood down in front when I did this last time and, and was told that, no, you can't do that anymore because they can't see me. Uh, the light doesn't hit right. So um, we're going to go do a single service next Sunday morning. Uh, you'll be seeing the uh, the sign up for it. And we'll see how that goes. See if we can fill this up a little more. We've got plenty of room for a lot of people here and still be able to maintain our our distancing. So. Uh, we're going to give that a shot and see how things go marshall thank you for the lesson this morning um it's 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 been an odd time we appreciate everybody coming out Uh, as long as we continue to maintain our distancing and wearing our masks like we should we'll continue to have these you know the last thing we want to do is be the reason that somebody gets sick so we've um we're stepping out and trusting god that that we're doing the right thing here so thank y'all for, for being a part of this. I found out something this week, and I know Marshall's gonna whoop me again because I said something about it on the first service, but would you mind coming up here for a minute? <laughs> Last Friday was Marshall's 25th anniversary of being a full-time minister. And in honor of that, we made him pack up his office. Uh, <laughs> that's not a lie. <laughs> that's not a lie. Uh, they were starting the demo in that area. And so uh, uh, he and Christy were sitting there going through stuff. And, and I asked if we just needed to move the dumpster inside. It had been a little easier, I think. So, uh, But 25 years of, of stuff that he had that he had kept. And it kind of got us to talking among the eldership that you know we really need to do something to recognize this. So this is something from the family here that we want you guys to have. Christy, thank you for sharing this with him, uh, or sharing him with us. Ethan, Griffin, Tyson, thanks for sharing your dad. I know that takes a lot, and uh, we're very appreciative of the fact that uh, you're here. And um, so we love you, and uh, we hope that you stick around for a while. Marshall and Christy are leaving this afternoon to get away for a week and kind of enjoy themselves, so he will not be here next Sunday. Brandon will be leading us uh, next Sunday morning, and so uh, we're excited about that. And uh, uh, we pray that uh, you guys have a safe trip there and back. If you want to make a contribution, we have uh, a a basket sitting here next to these doors as you exit. If you need to go out through the foyer, there are baskets out there as well. So um, let's let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for being our Father, for setting the, the boundaries that we need, and for cheering for us and for running to us. We ask that you uh, continue to love us. Thank you for your son in the ultimate sacrifice. We ask that you help us as a family to reach out to those around us who need to know you. We pray that you help us to look for those opportunities. Ask that you just walk with us this week. Uh, We ask that you keep us all safe and healthy uh, and that you uh, uh, be with those who are sick. Help them to recover and to, uh, to be better. Lord, we thank you so much for your love, and it's his name we pray. Amen.
2: All right. Well, happy Father's Day again from everybody. I hope everybody has a good week. I know my family's at home right now uh, watching on TV, so hello, Silas. I hope you're being a good boy and listening to your mama.
1: Um, yeah, hit or miss. Um, thank y'all for being here today. Really appreciate everybody. Let's stand up. Let's have one more song, and then we'll be on our way.
2: Over all the earth you You reign on high, every Every mountain stream, every sunset sky, but But my my one request, request. Lord, my only aim is that that you reign reign in in me again, Lord, reign in me, reign in in your power over all my dreams, dreams. in In my darkest hour, hour. you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again Over every thought, over every word May my life reflect the beauty of my Lord Cause you mean more to me than any earthly thing So won't you reign in me again Lord reign in me Reign in your power over all my dreams In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again, Lord, reign in me. Reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again? So won't you rain in me again So won't you rain in me
1: again Have a good week